Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. And uh, this is going to be a short one. I'm kind of tired. I spent last night, what I do? An hour long podcast on COVID and all that stuff. And tonight, I'm not going to touch COVID. I promise. Except, oh, there's always that one except. Except uh, one story out of India. And, and trust me, there is a ton going on with COVID. A lot has happened in one day when it comes to COVID. Uh, we had Dr. Fauci's little pissy outburst um, on Meet the Press last Sunday with Cuck Todd, who, by the way, Cuck Todd, um, a far cry from Tim Russert, who used to host Meet the Press. And Chuck Todd was also uh, <clears throat> the landlord for a Democrat presidential nominee back in 2020. I mean, so do you really know where Chuck Todd is coming from? I mean, he's a Democrat through and through. His dumb wife is a Democrat through and through, and he's interviewing people and pretending to be unbiased. Uh, he, he's just a slovenly host and an ugly rodent to begin with. Uh, pay no mind to him. He's, a, he's an idiot, and so is uh, Dr. Fauci. But India, everybody was praising India this morning. And rightly so. The Indian Bar Association has taken legal action against the WHO's chief scientist, Dr. Somya Swaminathan. Swamin I don't I can't say it. Swaminathan. Swaminathan? I don't know. For her role in spreading disinformation and suppressing data on the use of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. The association served a legal notice on May 25th, claiming that she was spreading disinformation and misguiding the people of India in order to fulfill her agenda and sought to prevent her from causing further damage. They further stated that she, in her statements against the use of ivermectin, ignored research and clinical trials from the two organizations, the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance and the British Ivermectin Recommendation Development, who have presented solid data. Uh, Dr. Swamathan has ignored these studies and reports and has deliberately suppressed the data regarding effectiveness of the drug ivermectin with an intent to dissuade people of India from using ivermectin. Basically, what she was doing was making sure people were taking the vaccine by outlawing all of the other drugs like ivermectin, zinc, uh, zinc supplements, I should say, and um, uh, what's the other one? Hydroxychloroquine. So, I mean, come on. Is it that blatant? And everybody was cheering this. I was cheering this. This is great. Fantastic. Finally, somebody is, is making real strides. Because if we all remember what was going on in India, we had people from the Wall Street Journal writing, well, why isn't India suffering from COVID right now? And lo and behold, within three weeks of that article... The mass vaccination campaign in India took off, and then, wow, the COVID variant skyrocketed through the clouds up into the heavens. COVID is everywhere in the Indian subcontinent, specifically where we started the mass vaccination campaigns. Oddly enough, how could that happen? Yeah, right. So, what happened was, is now we have the Delta variant. Watch out for uh, Biden 
shooting off his mouth about this is the Delta variant, formerly known as the India variant, and supposedly the Delta variant is extremely deadly. And, and, and I shouldn't say deadly because that's not what Biden said. Biden said it's extremely contagious, which means nothing to children. Oh, children, you say. We must save the children. In fact, we have one group that's doing just that. Why Stony Brook Children's Medical is now performing a study on ages 2 to 11 and how the Pfizer vaccine affects them. What could ever go wrong with that? And now we also have studies being released that the kids up to the age of 16 are suddenly suffering from cardiac arrest because they've been vaccinated. Gee, what were the odds of that happening? Uh, it's, oh God, it's, it's so obvious and it's painful to watch things like this because people are not doing what they should be doing. People are not fighting back against this kind of thing. India tried. Ultimately, this effort failed and they did, in fact, for all intents and purposes, remove zinc supplements, remove ivermectin, and remove uh, hydroxychloroquine. So now the only options that the Indians have are the various vaccines, the various gene therapy platforms that are out there. But uh, we're not going to talk about COVID tonight. I did a whole podcast last night, straight through, an hour, no breaks, no musical interludes. I mean, I dare any one of you to do something even close to that. And that's why I am so brilliant. And that's why I do what I do. And lo and behold, I'm going to try, try very hard to earn money out of all this. Because I, for one, am truly tired of working for a large company. I mean, I, it's, I'm very grateful because it has afforded me a lifestyle, which is, I'm not complaining about it, but, oh, it is soul-crushing. It is truly god-awful some days. Oh, just miserable people all the time. But, now, let me ask you another question. This is going to be a great question. Uh, the first question is, if a person, and this is going to be rhetorical, this is almost like a, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody is around to hear it, does it actually make a sound? Going to be one, one of those types of questions. If a person of color uh, that is, oh, I don't know, the vice president of a country, the number two of a country, if a person of color that happens to be the number two of a country tells another country made up of people of color to not go there, does that, in fact, make that person a fascist? Because if the past four years, 2016 to 2020, is any sort of status that we must maintain, the answer to that question should be yes, but not anymore. Kamala Harris can tell people from Guatemala to not show up to the United States anymore. Don't do it. Now, if Trump or Pence, well, Pence is a turncoat, but if either one of those two did that, could you imagine the fallout? Oh, it's fascism. Oh, it's xenophobia. Oh, it's racism through and through. But since Kamala Harris did it, everything is just fine. It is nothing but the ultimate voice. 
in caretaking. Oh, she wants to make sure that people are safe from because the long trek from Guatemala to the southern border of the United States is hazardous and full of risks. So we must try and nip that problem in the bud and go to Guatemala and talk to them and tell them not to show up anymore. Meanwhile, if Trump did that or Pence did that or somebody from Trump's side did that, immediately it was xenophobia. Trump banned people from showing up to the United States, from China, from Europe, wherever else, during COVID, or or the inaccurate Muslim ban. I mean, he banned people from coming to the United States uh, when they were co- trying to get here from a country that was well known for terrorist activities funded by the CIA. But... That's xenophobia. That's racism. But when Kamala Harris, oh, that's just fine. And don't you dare ask Kamala Harris a question because she will get very prickly with you. She'll laugh at you and she'll look down at you and she will basically give you the impression of why are you asking me this? I already answered this question. Who are you I, I, to, to, for me to even respond to your question? Do you know who I am? That's the kind of rhetoric that Kamala Harris is involved with. And that is the kind of hypocrisy that we're dealing with here in the United States. Oh, let me ask you another rhetorical question. Now, if if the son of a national leader decides to drop N-bombs all over the place, does anybody actually hear it? The answer is, of course, no, because that's exactly what Hunter Biden did. Now, Joe Biden, his father, Joseph Biden, came out here earlier in the week and said, you know what, the worst thing on this planet right now, the biggest challenge that the United States has to face is white supremacy, white racism. It's everywhere. Every single company, every single neighborhood, it is all suffering from white bigotry. It is inherent. It's systemic. It's everywhere you turn. It is the next scourge. It's worse than COVID. Really? Well, then I would love to know where Hunter Biden got his salty mouth from. I would assume the apple does not fall that far from the tree. Well, let's just talk about Mr. Biden. Now, all of a sudden, we're starting to see leaks from Hunter's laptop. Now, this is going to get interesting, especially in the next couple of months, because nobody would want to touch hunter biden's laptop but now all this stuff is and for the most part it's 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 nonsense stuff like really they leaked a couple of text messages back from 2018 uh between hunter biden and i guess his lawyer miseries miseries i don't know miseries i don't know anyway the uh, the text messages there is this is from uh not from hunter it's from miseries Meseries. There is zero coverage or pickup of the story. Zip. They spent a shit ton of resources on it for a year. And Hunter replies, wow. Thank you, Michael Cohen. Oh, and you too, because uh, Meseries gave the middle finger emoji to Hunter. Uh, How much money do I owe you? Because you N-bomb, you better not be charging me Hennessy rates. That made me snarf my coffee, Mr. Meseries says. I just made the phrase up, by the way, Hunter said. I should have nad your lineage? 
Clever son of a gun. It's wasted on you, Hunter said. Apparently you do. That's what I'm saying, N-bomb. Why are you so tan, Hunter? I'm sorry for sexting you accidentally. That was meant for another friend named Georgia. My girlfriend sent me a holiday card, said Mesery. So basically, Hunter is a degenerate, and he's dropping N-bombs, and he's completely comfortable doing it. And he's also worried about whether or not whether or not people are going to see him in a different light. Why would anybody see Hunter Biden in a different light? Hunter Biden is a loser drug addict. Now, at the same time, at the same time, how would this play out if this was somebody from Trump's camp doing things? And this, by the way, this whole thing was reported by the Daily Mail. Uh, now, how would somebody on Trump's side try to live through this? Could you imagine... Somebody on Trump's side dropping N-bombs? Could you just imagine that? Of course not. Of course not. It would be outrageous. And then, oh, there's another stupid text message from Hunter and somebody else. Uh, oh my god, N-bomb. Did you just fictional character the from the imagination of the collective... Frightened and my dead brother's unconditional love is what I should rely on and my kids aren't children, George? George replies, my parents' love was unconditioned. Was conditioned, he says. My penis, Hunter says, as of late, has been unconditional. That's why we are searching for my penis, Hunter replies. And we still always will be searching. It's big penis, George. They always find it, and I only love you because you're black. True, he says, it's so annoying when you when you interject with frivolity. Frivolity, excuse me. True, oh, gosh. Oh, COVID. True that, N-bomb, Hunter replies, but I'm done my rant. I mean, come on, dude. Like, how could anybody... How come the mainstream media is not reporting on this bigot? On this racist? The guy is dropping N-bombs left and right. He's probably still dropping N-bombs left and right. And we're supposed to believe that his stupid-ass father is trying to fight racism wherever he goes because racism is worse than COVID. It is worse than Jim Crow. By the way, the Democrats are the one that set up the ones that set up the Confederacy. They're the ones that established Jim Crow. They're also the ones that created the KKK. And the current president of the United United States gave a eulogy to a KKK Grand Dragon. So you're trying to tell me that him and his family aren't racists? And we got text messages of his son dropping N-bombs everywhere and saying, you better not charge me Hennessy rates. Ha ha ha. I mean, I, and all the Democrats out there, they just refuse to look at this stuff. They refuse to acknowledge it because it's part of theirs. It's part of their group. I mean, you want to talk about the blue wall of silence. There it is. It's with the Democrats. And it's hideous. It's disgusting. How could anybody out there, how could anybody out there that calls them a Democrat, that calls themselves somebody that is actually trying to uphold other people's rights, other people's uh, well-being, so on and so forth, get behind disgusting slobs like Hunter Biden, Get behind racists, probably pedophiles, we don't know for sure, but probable pedophile like Joseph Biden. 
I mean, what's wrong with you people? And you believe Dr. Fauci, even though all of his emails were dropped. And he's clearly telling people that hydroxychloroquine works. He's clearly telling people that masks are irrelevant because viruses will get through the mask. And if a virus is going to get into the body, it's probably through the eye sockets. So unless you're going to wear hermetically sealed goggles, it won't matter if you wear a mask or not. And the Democrats refuse to talk about it. They say that there's nothing wrong with any of those emails. By the way, most Democrats have not read any of the Fauci emails. I've sent it to them. I've sent both links, over 6,000 different emails, to Democrats that I know, and they refuse to look at those emails because they're, they are relying on idiots like Morning Joe and Mika Brzezinski and that idiot Chuck Todd on Meet the Depressed. They're relying on them to tell them what's really in those e- Well, they're not going to tell you the right thing in those emails. They're going to lie to you about it. They're going to try to make it better. They're going to try to cover up for Dr. Fauci. I mean, it's so obvious. It hurts my... I don't even know what. It hurts my... Oh, God. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. Because these people are supposed to be part of the learned intelligentsia. And here they are buying all this crap, hook, line, and sinker, not questioning a thing. But when it comes to Trump in the past four years, they believed anything that they were told. I mean, this just goes to prove to you that Americans are not educated. And my definition of educated is someone that is capable of critical thought, somebody that is capable of critical thinking, and most Americans are not able to do that. Most Americans cannot do that because they've not been conditioned to do that. They've not been taught how to do that. And it is extremely sad, extremely sad, that we are in the position that we're in, particularly with the ballots. And more and more is coming out with these audits. Uh, Paul Sperry is reporting from RealClearInvestigations.com. There was a judge in Georgia who said, guess what? I've got a lot of problems with some of these ballots. And the problems that I have equal more than the amount that Joe Biden won Georgia by. So we should really take a look at all of these ballots, shouldn't we? Basically, what he found out, this judge, is that we had a whole bunch of mail-in ballots. And all of these ballots were neither folded, which you have to fold the ballot if you're mailing it in. None of the ballots are folded. And every single oval that was filled in for Joseph Biden was filled in the same way. We're talking about tens of thousands of ballots all having the same kind of discrepancies. In this particular instance, darkened bubbles featured an identical white void inside them in the shape of a tiny crescent, indicating they'd, be, they'd been marked with toner ink instead of a pen or a pencil. Or, in other words, somebody filled out a ballot and then photocopied it, and that is why you see no fold lines, and that is why you see the same discrepancy on tens of thousands of ballots. All of them. This is in Fulton County, Georgia. All of them were strangely pristine. 
said Voiles, who said she's never seen anything like it in the 20 years of monitoring elections in Fulton County. At least three other poll workers observed the same thing in stacks of absentee ballots for Biden processed by the same county, and they have joined Voiles in swearing under penalty of perjury that they looked fake. The ballots looked fake. Now election watchdogs have used their affidavits to help convince a state judge to unseal 147,000 mail-in ballots. Do you know, by the way, how many votes Joseph Biden won in Georgia by? Now keep this in mind, 147,000 mail-in ballots all exhibiting the same kind of markings with no folds for mail-in ballots. Joe Biden won Georgia by 12,000 votes. 12,000 votes. Yet we're supposed to forensically audit 147,000 of them. I wonder what could happen. Garland Favorito, the lead petitioner of the case, and a certified poll watcher who runs VoterGA.org, said we have what it was almost surely major absentee ballot fraud in Fulton County involving 10,000 to 20,000 possible false ballots. Bear in mind, Biden only won Georgia, not necessarily Fulton County, Georgia, by 12,000 votes. 12,000 votes. We have confirmed, said Favorito, we that there are five pallets of shrink-wrapped ballots in a county warehouse. We will be in court on June 21st. They're afraid of what might find out and blah, blah, blah. Oddly enough, everybody in Georgia is fighting against the audit. Now, these are the same people back in 2020 and 2016 that were claiming that uh, Donald Trump didn't win the election uh, fairly, for lack of a better term, because obviously Russia hacked the elections. Well, speaking of hacking the elections, a lot of hubbub is coming out now about where and how all of this is supposed to have happened meaning the uh the ballots going sideways well let me tell you some interesting stuff here regarding these ballots coming from atrium county now if we're seeing this in georgia we're seeing this in nevada now we're seeing this in uh alaska People are all going to, uh, whatchamacallit, they're all going to Arizona right now to learn how the auditors completed their audit. What's going on in Atrium County, oh, by the way, in Arizona, they're saying that the audit is almost uh, 80% complete. And by the way, the 2.1 million ballots that were supposed to be from Maricopa County, the ones that we've audited, we're nowhere close to 2.1 million ballots. So where are the other ballots? Where did the other ballots go? Were they shredded? Were they burned? Were they taken somewhere else and dumped in the middle of the desert? Or did people just run the same ballot tens of thousands of times to make sure that technically Joseph Biden won Maricopa County in Arizona? That's what we're finding out. Atrium County election. 
election management system was remotely, now remember, remotely and successfully logged into anonymously on November 5th at 5.55 and again on November 17th at 5.16 p.m. Now, remember what I told you time and again. None of these voting machines are technically allowed to be logged into remotely, meaning they are not supposed to be hooked up to the internet, yet here we are. They're all hooked up to the internet. Number two, this is from Matthew DiPerno, Esquire. Those dates are significant because they correspond directly to the dates the county and the Secretary of State were trying to correct the intentional computer problems that subverted the election. Those logins appear to have escalated privileges at the time of the logon. What that means is, what that means is when those logons occurred, they they increased the privileges of people that had access to those voting devices, meaning the people that now had access to those voting devices were able to do more things with the voting machine. They were allowed to count more adjudicated votes. Remember that phrase, adjudicated votes? We submit a ballot, the machine can't count it properly for whatever reason. A poll watcher, somebody in charge of it, a contractor that's in the pay of Dominion Voting Systems comes over and says, oh yeah, this ballot's for, for uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Adjudicated ballots. Number three, Mr. DiPerno continues, but we were told there were no internet connections to the ballot machines. Thank you very much. In an accredited system, an anonymous user should not be authorized by the accreditation authority, but would instead be required to enter a specific username and password to utilize the system. So that is what didn't happen. A random person that was clouded, that was in murky, that had murky credentials, was allowed to go into the system and increase the freedom that they had to read the machine and manipulate the tallies. If somebody was supposed to be able to log into these machines, they had to have specific credentials with a specific password that would log the occurrence. Number four, DePino, DePerno says... We were told that there was no internet connection. We were told there was no remote access. We were told that this is all human error. All lies. This is fraud. This decertifies the Antrim County election. Secretary of State, whatever, uh, Benson, should be impeached or forced to resign. This is all true stuff. This is all true stuff. And hopefully more and more of this kind of thing gets released. Because we can't let this happen again. This kind of thing, this kind of election fraud is just mind-boggling. How could any country... The United States has this reputation for some reason uh, that it is the penultimate in uh, democracy and fair and free election. No, of course it's not. Of course, and this election, this most recent election, is the penultimate example of manipulation, fraud, lying, stealing, cheating, uh, any other adjective you've got for it. And then the United States and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have the gall to lecture other countries on how to run their elections, on to determine what's free and what's not free when it comes to reporting. I mean, it is just absolutely 
asinine that anybody could take Kamala Harris or Joe Biden seriously. Uh, another, another issue with Fulton County, Georgia, is that there was a recount observer. And now these are going to be a couple of tweets, and uh, these are supposedly from folks down in Fulton County. And I have no reason to suspect that these are lies, but still. Uh, let's see. Fulton County Observer has testified, testified under oath. She witnessed a number of boxes of absentee ballots marked 100% for Biden that appeared to be the perfectly filled out as if they were pre-printed with the presidential candidate selected. Photocopies. Judy Aub, A-U-B-E, also worked for the World Congress Center on November 14th, where she observed suspicious batches of mail-in ballots for Biden whose markings appeared identical, as if they had been duplicated by a machine and not filled out by hand from a voter at home. Barbara Hartman, another election official auditor, also doubted the authenticity of absentee ballots she handled that she said were never folded. If it's an absentee ballot, it has to be mailed in. In order for it to be mailed in, it's got to be folded and shoved into an envelope and subsequently unfolded without the fold lines, as would normally be the case of ballots returned in an envelope by mail or dropped in a box. As we all know, Mark Zuckerberg paid for, paid for election ballot P.O. boxes, meaning you can shove your ballots into the P.O. boxes that were paid for by Facebook. And that means that Facebook employees were allowed to go through these Facebook-bought ballot boxes and determine which ballots should be counted and which ballots shouldn't be counted. Continuing on, the absentee ballots looked as though they had just come from a fresh stack, and she swore this in an affidavit. The majority of the mail-in ballots that I reviewed contained suspicious black, perfectly bubbled markings for Biden. They looked as though they were stamped. Stamped, or in other words, it looks like that they were photocopied that is what's really going on here and uh the, the, just to go back and quote you or, or or give you a quote christina bob told oan that uh, and this is from maricopa county there are only three untouched ballot uh pallets ballot pallets remaining and uh, we are, we suspect that we're going to find, quote unquote, substantially less than the 2.1 million ballots due to large discrepancies between the number of ballots listed and the number actually counted. Now, the only way, the only way you're going to run into a situation like that, assuming that no ballots have been destroyed, is if... Somebody took a stack of pro-Biden ballots, probably photocopied without the folds, and ran them through the machine multiple times. Or, in other words, you find all of the ballots, it doesn't matter which ones, and you make a crease mark in them. And you suddenly now have adjudicated ballots. And what that means is that somebody 
has to walk over there and determine what the ballot is actually saying. And in most cases, we can assume that the people reading the ballots are going to make sure that that ballot and that vote goes for Joseph Biden. And that is the last call with Chris Michaels for today. Wow, 32 minutes, as always. I'm here four days a week. Uh, Anchor, Spotify. I swear to God, I'm going to start up an Instagram. Mark my word. I swear to God, I'm going to do it. I swear to God, I'm going to start Twitter. I just can't stand social media. So find me on all those places. Share me around. I promise you I'm also going to do another picture without my nipples hanging out. Uh, So that'll be good. Uh, I'm probably thinking something along the lines of a tie in there. Uh, Because, you know, who doesn't like a tie? So anyway, that's it for me. This is Last Call Podcast with your intrepid host, Chris Michaels. Tune in again tomorrow for more brilliance. And until then, gird your loins.